0: This is the Blaze Radio on demand. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper Mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress. At an unbelievably fair price it combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce and better yet it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat time magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015 In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want, that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to Casper.com slash Glenn. Casper.com slash Glenn you're listening to the church boys free fall q a
1: it's billy hollowell here with the church boys podcast and i have a very special guest on it is sandra McElwee, and she is the mother of sean who is on the a&e docuseries born this way how you doing today sandra
2: i'm excellent yourself
1: I'm doing well. I appreciate you coming on. I'm actually really intrigued and fascinated by this project and you know, for a variety of reasons. And and for those who don't know, uh, Born This Way, like I said, it's a docu-series. It follows individuals who are born with Down syndrome as they, uh, young young adults, as they experience life with their friends, with their family, with their professional careers and and all of that. And so, Sandra... Let me ask you, just because I, I always love backstories, you know, how you came, you and Sean came to be involved uh, with the production?
2: Well, it was um, Sean is in an acting class in our local Down syndrome association, and the casting um, crew came through and wanted to provide the opportunity for the people that are in the acting class to audition if they would like. Sean has wanted to be on television. Um, ever. He's really had a goal of being an actor for many years and we supported that by enrolling him in acting classes and um, he's actually taken community college acting classes and things like that. Even though his articulation isn't that great, he's auditioned for many things and never had gotten a part before, but he has tenacity like nobody I know. He just (laughs) never gave up. So he auditioned for the show and I didn't really think he'd get the part because he hasn't gotten any other parts. I didn't even know what the show was going to be about, and when he got a callback, and then he got a final audition, and then was cast, that's when we really found out what the purpose was, and um, I just had this little, that, that little voice of God in the back of my head going, do it, this is going to be a game changer for people with Down syndrome.
1: Well, and I think that's sort of the key here that that I think is fascinating I think a and e should be commended for for taking on a project like this and and really diving into i think a topic that a lot of people don't understand if you're not experiencing it um, or know somebody who is experiencing it. You don't really know a whole lot about it when you first learned about the project, were you shocked that um you know that that a network was going to be doing something like this
2: well I really believe God's hand is all over this project, and I'm not shocked at anything that's happened since the moment I was told I to had Down syndrome. <laughs> 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 I, I just kind of go with things at this point and and go, all right, there's a bigger picture, and I, I'll see, I'll be able to look back, and see the path later. But it, it, it's that old proverb of you, know, you take the step when you can't see the stairs. Take the next yeah. step anyway, yeah. And I, I just, I just really felt like this was, you know, going to be um, a huge, make a huge difference, and it has. The biggest problem people with Down syndrome and any disability have is other people's fears, and the way you remove fear is by providing information, and there's no greater uh, way of doing that than showing. On a television show, people see their real lives as they live them, but they have the same challenges everyone else does and so much ability that all they really need is opportunity. And with the right opportunity, anybody with Down syndrome or any disability will show you what they're capable of.
1: Now, how old is Sean?
2: He just turned 22 in October, so I guess he's 22 and a half if you ask him. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so counts the half years. This is well. I mean, it's it's
1: interesting to me because the people on this show, including Sean, they're in the prime of sort of starting their life. You know, all of the things that are happening in their life at that point—that's when things are ramping up, and you're finding yourself, and you're kind of moving in. You're you're transitioning from you know, the teenage years into adulthood. And so viewers are given this lens into, the, into a world that, as you were saying, and as I was saying earlier, people don't know a lot about. I mean, you've had 22 years uh, with your son. What – what has surprised or shocked you the most? You mentioned, you know, that you, that not a lot really shocks or surprises you after after sort of you know learning about the fact that Sean was going to have Down syndrome. Uh, but as you move through that process over the years, have there been things and lessons that you've learned that have just sort of stunned or surprised you?
2: Well, when Sean was in elementary school, he was the first person with any disability that was in regular education classes in his school. And by the time he was in fourth grade, the whole school had transformed into an inclusive school where there were no segregated special education classes. Everyone with an intellectual disability was included in a regular class. But when we got to junior high and high school, it fell apart. Um, We did not have the support of the principals or the educators at that point. And that was shocking to me because Sean had done so well and had a great track record of making progress in elementary school. And when he was three, he actually wanted to get, we were at a, um, at a festival and there was a um, children singing and dancing group and John looked at me and pointed to himself and the stage and said, me do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was his first three-word sentence. He, his articulation was horrendous. He couldn't understand anything he said, even though he could talk. Um, most parents would say, well, you can't even talk. How could you sing and dance? But I signed him up for, the, for that group. I mean, ever since then, he loved being on stage. The biggest disappointment was in high school. A high school drama teacher was forced, basically, to have Sean in drama one, refused to cast him in the play. And, and when I explained to the guys that Sean would be happy playing a rock on stage, he didn't even need lines. He still didn't cast him in the play until the other students found out, and they went to the teacher and had a fit and said so they weren't going to perform unless Sean had a part. Yeah, you know, um,
1: it makes you wonder what's wrong with people that they, you know, that something like that that people would react that way. It Really, that that has to be frustrating. I would imagine for you, it's, frust- it's frustrating to me it, hearing oh,
2: it. It was so frustrating. I ended up writing a book about it. <laughs> And he, uh, the teacher, you know, explained to me that he really, I mean, we're in California, we're in the heart of the entertainment industry. He had to really spend his time working with people who had an opportunity to be in the entertainment industry, and he couldn't waste his time with Sean. Well, I would love to know how many others of Sean's classmates are in the entertainment industry now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, and I think that example sort of leads me into my next question. And, you know, I wanna ask you about about the um triumphs and the tribulations. And I wanna just start with, you know, when and I, I know that some of this is explored in the show on on both ends of that, the challenges and, and, and other things, but what are some of the harder elements, the things that you've had to deal with and I think you just mentioned one of them as a result of people not understanding?
2: that That's really it. It's prejudice. People have a um, an idea of what they think people with disabilities, people with Down syndrome are like and what they're capable of. And it, it's I mean, it is truly the definition of prejudice. You prejudge. And every person with Down syndrome, every person with any disability is an individual, and they all have their own strengths and weaknesses, just like everybody else. And taking away the unknown, Taking away the fear is really the goal, my, my goal for this show, um, for people to now, I mean, the world now knows seven adults with Down syndrome and soon they'll know three more that they never knew before.
1: Um, why do you, and I don't want to step on hot button issues here, but I'm bringing this up because I want to make a point. But, you know, you hear statistics about abortions and Down syndrome and you hear all these other things and these assumptions that, you know that people can't do anything when they have Down syndrome, which is not true. Obviously, we have a show with seven people, as you just said, who are showing how they're living their life. But you have all of these prejudices and all of these things that go on in society. Um, what do you think the solutions to that are? And why do you think why do you think we even have that? Why do you think people are are even acting that way and doing things like what the music uh, or what the um, drama
2: teacher did? Well. You know, it's if you go back in history, um, up until the the late 60s, most people with Down syndrome, the doctors, baby was born, they told the mother and father, your baby has Down syndrome. They'll never even recognize you as their parents. You should put them in in an institution. And most parents did what the doctor said because, you know, doctors step below God, right? And that was the way people thought back then. And the doctor must know what he's talking about well, of course people with Down syndrome didn't recognize their parents when they were in an institution and never saw them. I mean, that was the the wisdom of the time, was you just send them away. Well, thanks to our hippies in the 70s who rebelled and said, no, you are not sending my baby to institution. And thanks to Geraldo Rivera, of all people, who really busted the – top off of um, the, nas- the deplorable situations in, in institutions with his um, documentary on Willowbrook. That really changed a lot of things. In, the, in 1975, the law was finally enacted where schools had to educate people with disabilities. I mean, we are the new civil rights movement. Uh, we really follow a lot of what the African-American um, Population had to deal with with their civil rights movement. We are right behind them. We are the new civil rights movement. Then, in the ninety in nineteen ninety, when President Bush signed into law um, the language of least restrictive environment, requiring school districts to in, to educate students with disabilities in regular schools in regular classes, not in separate schools, because up until then. Everybody was separated. And when you're separated, then you must be different because you're you're somewhere else. You can't be the same. I grew up with no one with a disability in my school. I never saw anybody with a disability. <clears throat> so how am I supposed to know what it's about? I don't know anything. So doctors go to school. They have a textbook, and the textbooks are pretty outdated. And there's been a huge movement um, for many years. To educate doctors on how to deliver the diagnosis when a parent gets a prenatal diagnosis. And today, the blood tests are very accurate, and they can have a prenatal diagnosis as early as 10 weeks. Well, unfortunately, the doctors, not all of them, thank goodness, but many of the doctors are still getting the same diagnosis they did in the 60s, except for now it's a death sentence instead of an institution that they're sending their, their patients to. And that is, um, we've worked really hard. Thankfully, many parents do seek out additional information. Um, Some doctors do give them both sides of the story that, you know, the good and the potential bad. Everyone has a range that they can achieve. An individual person can go through life, everything's fine, and have a traumatic brain injury at, you know, age 15 and completely be disabled. We, can, we all have the potential to be disabled and the longer we live, the greater of a chance we will be disabled. So to, to fear people with disabilities is truly um, um, the biggest obstacle that we face is the fear
1: that that yeah,
2: is I went in the long,
1: long, I tried <laughs> No, I, I look I appreciate it. I think it's helpful to helping people understand these issues and I think the thing that has shocked me the most is that 90% rate, you know, and and I know there are different different statistics out there, but you know that 9 in 10 people who do get a diagnosis make a decision to not carry the pregnancy to term. And I would imagine a lot of that is well, there are probably a lot of different reasons why we don't have to go. We don't have to go into that because, I guess, like I, I don't want to put you in a position of having to step on hot, hot button issues. But I guess moving away from that to ask you, this is just a simple question, and I'm going to throw it out there. But how has Sean changed your life and your family's life?
2: Well, you know, anytime you have a child, it changes your life. Doesn't matter who the child is. And my husband and I have a very strong faith. And when the doctor came in and told us that Sean had Down syndrome, we just looked at each other and went, okay, well, God's got a purpose for his life, and we'll just have to wait and see what it is, because we, we knew there was going to be, um, you know, great things from Sean. And Sean not only has changed our lives, he, he changes the lives of people he encounters around him. He changed his elementary school. He's got several of his classmates are in special education, physical therapy fields, um, they have just moved into different fields that you know and he inspired them at an early age the um he's now changing the world's perception on people with Down syndrome, so any person has i mean even one individual in the world has a chance to change the world even if it's just the world around them and Sean has just been given the opportunity to really and the platform to really change the whole world, which is, you know, awe inspiring. And my, I, I, I still sit here and look at it and go, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, because never, here you guys never are, I would have
2: dreamed this.
1: Right. I mean, you are literally out there changing perceptions and, and Sean is doing that. Um, and, and I asked you that question. I know it's, it's, it's an odd question because I think it's so true. Every kid makes an impact on a family. Um, I think the the thing I've heard people say the most is when they, when they hear of people having that diagnosis, oh my gosh, you know, you have to, I, I heard one critique, you have to really be sure that you can handle that burden. I mean, I've heard people say things like that um, and, you know, you have to be sure you can, you can um, manage that and take care of it and, you know, they'll say that sometimes in trying to understand why some families make the decision not to do that. What you were speaking to, though, is faith and, um, and and having faith in what is brought to you in your life, what you experience in your life. And I think that's a powerful message that we don't hear a lot in today's world. You know, we, have a, we all live in a world where none of us really want to, I mean, who wants to suffer? Nobody does. And there's a perception of suffering, an assumption, I think, Bye. you know, influences how people react. What would you say to people who might say something like that?
2: Well and, and that is that just goes right back to them not knowing. I mean, if anybody that spends ten minutes with Sean would never believe he's suffering at all. There I mean, he is the most fun person and okay, I have to take that back. He does suffer. He suffers from um, not being able to take out on dates every single girl he asks out. They don't all say yes, <laughs> <laughs> so he's he really suffers in that area. He still hasn't met Megan Trainer, so he's you know he's really suffering there. <laughs> but you know this, the the perception of suffering is uh, it, it's it's really not there. I mean, yes, some of the children do have heart defects majority of them have heart surgery and are repaired and go on and have you know no effects after that. Any baby can be born with any physical or um, intellectual disability i mean it's but the suffering part comes from the outside it doesn't come from the inside suffering is comes from people not giving the opportunities, not allowing i mean I lost friends I had friends that seriously, when I was in a really bad place, fed me um, and kept me alive <laughs> when I couldn't even afford food. And they disappeared when Sean was born. I, to this day, I don't even know where they are. But I also feel like Sean was a litmus test for character and truly reveals the character of um, the people around us. And The great thing is, is when somebody's not, um, doesn't have that character, then I don't have to deal with them anymore because they take themselves out of our lives.
1: Well, I appreciate your time on this. Um, You know, my last question for you is in light of everything we've talked about and in light of the discussion about uh, Born This Way, what is it that you're hoping people take away from the show? You know, if there were one or two things that every viewer could take away, what would you want that to be?
2: That people with disabilities have great capabilities, they only need opportunity to show those capabilities, and that people would give people with disabilities a chance to be friends, to be employees, to be their students, and, you know, give them the opportunities they need to shine.
1: Well, this has been great. I really, really appreciate you taking the time, you know, to talk with me today, and I'm excited to... Uh, See the show, now the show premieres, the second season premieres on July 26th, correct?
2: July 26th on A&E Network, and season two is going to blow season one away.
1: Well, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it, and I know other people will be as well. Thank you again for coming on the show today.
2: Thank you.
0: because I'm the founder of the company. Real estate agents I